I'm Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report direct message for today, May 26th, 2021. As always, subscribe to our YouTube channel, tap that notification bell, and starting this week, as you may have noticed, we now clip all of these live episodes. So I do about a half hour every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Pacific, and then we will release the clips in shorter form because we know that the attention spans of people have shrunken and shrunken and shrunken, and one day no one will be able to say more than three words consecutively without someone looking in the other direction and you know losing it. Okay, so uh, today we're gonna do a lot of racist stuff. We're gonna talk about race because we don't talk about race and racism and systemic racism and color of skin and all of these things enough in America. We need to talk about it more. We're also gonna talk about shooting and violence and a bunch of other stuff, uh, but I have a feeling by the end of it, we're gonna be able to wrap it up in a nice little package and you're gonna feel good about life. That is the goal, let's see if I can accomplish it. So the three stories are, uh, yesterday was the one year anniversary of the George Floyd death uh, and there was a shooting at George Floyd Square yesterday, a drive-by shooting that was caught on video, it went viral on the Twitter yesterday, but I'm sure a bunch of you have not seen it because it didn't get much mainstream play and it's worth noting, and then I will juxtapose, great word, word of the day, I will juxtapose that with a segment that CNN did a few days ago on guns and why people are buying guns and I think you're gonna see that CNN is complete nonsense. Uh, next up, Chris Rufo, who is a buddy of mine who's been on the show, who has been one of the lead advocates against critical race theory, one of the lead guys trying to stop systemic racism from entering the system because we don't have it now, but the wokesters are trying to racialize everything and make us a systemically racist nation. Well, he was on Mark Lamont Hill's show. On the, the name of the show is Black News Tonight. He was on Black News Tonight. Fairly certain if someone had a show called White News Tonight, that would be known as racist. But he, uh, but Rufo was on Mark Lamont Hill's Black News Tonight talking about skin color. And if you wanna see who the racists are in America, well, you're gonna get a pretty great example. Uh, and then the third story, continue, uh, continuing with race, uh, is that the conservatives and the Republicans here in America are trying to put up some bills uh, to at least talk about some of the recent anti-Semitic events and shine light on some of the craziness coming out of AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and others, and they ain't getting much help from the Democrats. So we're gonna show you a timeline of events of racist things that Democrats have done. Good title for a book. All right, here we go. So first off, I wanna show you this video. This is from the Associated Press. This is uh, yesterday on the one year anniversary, uh, one year anniversary of George Floyd's death at George Floyd Square, there was a drive-by shooting in broad daylight. Take a look. Uh, to be, uh, to, just gotta be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. It sounds like gunshots, I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. Where is that? Okay, we're okay, we're okay. 
All right, so that's pretty extensive, I think, as far as drive-by shootings go. I usually think of drive-by shootings like a guy in a car, sawed-off shotgun, you shoot one guy, maybe you miss the first time, two more pumps of the gun, and then you keep driving. I mean, this is like a really extended shooting. They have not found who did it as of yet. One person was shot, uh, fortunately not killed, not, not dead in the hospital at the moment. Um, but you know, this is the square devoted to peace and tolerance and diversity, and there are drive-by shootings going on there. And I suspect if we find out the color of the skin of the shooter was one thing, we won't really hear about that story. If we find out it's another thing, I sense you're gonna hear more about that story. So I'm just putting a pin in it right there so that when we find out who did this, if we find out who did it, of course, you know, we are also defunding the police, so it's harder to track down criminals these days. Uh, but if we do find out about it, let's see how they racialize the response to that. And now I wanna throw to a video on CNN. CNN, if you haven't heard of it, it was used to be a news channel and now it's just nonsense propaganda all day long. Well, they had David Hogg on, and you may remember David Hogg. He was one of the students from the Parkland, Florida shooting a couple years back who became an anti-gun advocate. Now, as you guys know, Kyle Kashub, who ended up actually working for us, uh, who's a great, brilliant kid, uh, he became a Second Amendment advocate. So he became a pro-guns right advocate. Hogg went the other way, and most of the kids actually went the other way, meaning they all became sort of anti-gun advocates, and that's, by the way, that's their full right to do. David Hogg, who is a very average student, uh, got into Harvard because he's a lefty and a wokester, and of course that got him into Harvard, even though technically he shouldn't have got in by his grades. There's a little white privilege for you because he's a, he's a skinny little white boy. Uh, Kyle Kashuv, who graduated number one in the class, had his offer from uh, Harvard rescinded because of some stuff that he said in a Google Doc when he was in like 10th grade. I think it's fairly obvious that Harvard will crumble under this sort of nonsense. Anyway, I want you to listen to David Hogg on CNN just a couple days ago about why people buy guns. And you tell me if anything that he says makes any sense to you. And the fact that the interviewer just sits there like, oh yes, this is all obviously true. I don't wanna color it too much, but it's all nonsense. Not only gun violence that's going up, it's also gun purchasing. So in just uh, the past year, in 2020, there were nearly 23 million gun sales across the United States. That's up 65 percent over the year before. And then in January, okay, after the insurrection at the Capitol, there were 2 million gun sales, and that's up 75 percent compared to the January before that. So what's that about to you? I think it's about fear. I think it's about the fact that uh, as a country, oftentimes we would rather, unfortunately, turn on each other and point to someone's skin color or point to someone's immigration status or their gender or their sexual identity and, and claim that's the threat. When in reality, um, we should all be working together against the sources of evil that are creating this gun violence and the injustice that promotes this gun violence and gun purchases in the first place. I think you could argue that it's actually extraordinary evil that CNN is doing by putting him on there as some sort of expert. Look, he survived a shooting. And I, I, uh, I have sympathy about that. I also have sympathy for kids that then become these media superstars for all the wrong reasons, right? Um, now he's fully embraced it and he puts himself out there all the time. So I don't have tremendous sympathy at some point. It's like you can have sympathy for a year, but now if you're going all in on this, fine. But CNN brings him on as if he's some sort of 
uh, expert in guns or policing or shooting, but everything he said there was a lie. His implication was that people are now buying guns because we're afraid of people's skin color, immigration status, gender, or sexual identity. That means he thinks, and, and Alison Camerata, the, the interviewer, is in essence agreeing by not following up in any former, uh, any proper way, he's basically saying, oh, people are buying guns because they're a, afraid of people's skin color. They're afraid of people's gender or sexuality. Or, I mean, really think about that. Is anyone going into a gun shop? Think of all the people that have bought guns, myself included. I now have guns. Do you know why I bought guns? I bought guns because not only were we defunding the police in all these blue cities, and I live here in Los Angeles, but for months over the summer, there were massive riots and destruction of property and the rest of it, and everyone has the God-given right to defend their family and their property. That's why I bought a gun, not because I'm out on the street looking for people of color or asking people their immigration status or asking people about their gender or sexuality, but this is what the left does. It is a mass mental condition where he thinks that the people who are buying guns are buying them in essence because they're racist, evil, hateful, homophobic, feminist-hating, monsters who wanna murder people, when in fact, we know, we know, and I'll try to get some more numbers on this if they've done polling on why people buy guns, but we just all know this to be true. The people that have bought guns in the last year, these are people who are watching their cities burn and they wanna be able to protect themselves. That is so profoundly, profoundly obvious. So when he says it's about fear, that's the one thing that he said that was true, except he didn't get the rest of the sentence right. It is about fear, but not about the fear of the immigrants and not about the, the fear of the gays. Oh my God, there's a mob of gays attacking my house. I better shoot them. Like, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. It's fear that actually an amorphous mob of radicalized Antifa BLM activists might burn down your store or burn down your house. That's correct. David Hogg, but the rest of it you got wrong. And let's show some numbers because I've been talking about this a lot, about what happens in these cities where you defund the police. And of course, these are all blue cities which now have absolutely skyrocketing murder rates. This is from the National Fraternal Order of the Police. Philadelphia, murder up 40%. Minneapolis, up 56%. Portland, murder up a cool 800%. New York City up 22%, Chicago up 22%, Los Angeles up 27%, Washington DC up 35%. I wanna give a shout out to Chicago up 22% because the amount of murders in Chicago is pretty extraordinary all the time. Uh, you know, There's basically like 40 shootings every weekend, usually about a dozen people killed every weekend. You guys know why we're not allowed to talk about that. Um, but so the fact that they even jumped 22% from there, pretty hefty murder numbers already. Um, so if David Hogg would look at that and think, oh, I see these numbers going up, these murder numbers, that must be because people have too easy access to guns. Except whenever they look at these numbers, they find out all of these people get the guns illegally. The, the bad guys get guns illegally. It's not because it's so easy to get a gun. It is not so easy to get a gun. We've gone into that many times there. But, but because lefties only think about things at this level and never actually go into the reality of the situation, they see, oh, Portland's murders are up 800%. We better make sure more people can't get guns. Except the people buying guns in Portland, and I assure you it is not easy to get a gun in Portland, Oregon, are doing it to defend themselves, not to go out there and murder people. 
But if you are a blue anon person who watches CNN with a poor interviewer, interview a kid who's not an expert in any of this and just overly emotes and implies to you that it's because people wanna buy guns to hunt down gay people or something, well then this is what you're gonna get. What, what are we showing here? Pew Research has, oh, okay, great. This is why I like doing a live show because I say something and my guys give me numbers. According to Pew, out of the recent people who have bought guns, is this in the last year or so, roughly? Okay, so why people have bought guns. 67% uh, have bought guns because of protection, 38% because of hunting, 30% sport shooting, 13% collecting, 8% job. Now, obviously that's over 100%, but obviously people buy things for more than one reason. It might be, it might be you're buying it for protection and for sport shooting or something like that. So before you mathemagicians get up my butt, that's what the answer is on that. Thank you for that. All right, let's move on. Um, there's a lot of racism in this country, but it's not the people that are being called Nazis and Hitler aficionados and things of that nature. It's, it's the left. The left has become wholly racist. There, there's really nothing else I can add to that. I, I don't know where any decent Democrat is anymore. I even tweeted out actually yesterday, I said, are there any self-proclaimed liberals who are non-woke who still consider themselves Democrats? Because I, I would love to talk to them. Um, and basically a bunch of people, the, the responses that I got, I got probably, I don't know, several hundred responses. The, the answers that I got were mostly Bill Maher and Tulsi Gabbard. Now, Bill Maher, as I've said many times, I think he's just sort of a guilty libertarian, but I would love to talk about it with him. I, does he consider himself a Democrat anymore? Like, the Democrats have gone woke, so is Bill Maher really that, if the main thing that he fights is the woke stuff, which it seems to be, so I don't know if he's a Democrat. As for Tulsi, I, obviously I'm, I'm friends with Tulsi and I've had her on the show. I would love to discuss this further. Does she at this point still consider herself a Democrat? I mean, Tulsi actually issued a tweet last week when racist mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, said she would only be interviewed by black or brown people. Tulsi told the truth on Twitter. She called it out as anti-white racism. So I don't know if she can consider herself part of that party anymore. I don't know, I would love to discuss it with her. A few other names that came up were Brett Weinstein, uh, Sam Harris, Christina Hoff Summers. I don't know that any of them consider themselves Democrats. I know they don't consider themselves conservatives, but my argument would be that we're all conservatives right now if you wanna conserve anything decent that America has put forth in these last 250 years. In any event, to prove my point further, um, Chris Rufo, who is one of the great advocates fighting against critical race theory in all the schools. He is bringing lawsuits in state by state and we're seeing now states fighting against critical race theory in schools, which is phenomenal by the way. You don't want a horrifically toxic, dishonest set of ideas that teaches you that your skin color is the most important thing about you, the thing that you should either be the most proud of or most ashamed of. You don't want to be teaching this to kids and yet we have done it and now we see it has burst forth into everything in terms of our political discourse and cultural and everything else. Uh, but anyway, Chris Rufo went on Mark Lamont Hill's show on Black, it's called Black News Tonight. And listen to this exchange and you tell me who the racist is. If I were to ask you what, particularly if you're saying whiteness is a thing that is being constructed as negative and shouldn't be, name, name something positive that you like about being white. Well, sure, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll answer with, a, with a, a thing. There, 
there's a lot of documents that are floating around public schools that say things like uh, timeliness, showing up on time is a white supremacist value or a white value, white dominant value, things like rationality, things like the enlightenment, things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, objectivity. And uh, these are very strange things to be ascribed to a racial identity. My view is that these are actually should be ascribed to every individual human being. Every individual human being, regardless of whatever racial category we impose on them. Name something positive about being, that you believe is positive about being white. <laughs> Again, I, I don't buy into the framework that the world can be reduced into these metaphysical categories of whiteness and blackness. I think that's wrong. I think we should look at people as individuals. I think we should celebrate uh, different people's accomplishments. And uh, again, I think the idea, you, you mentioned Ignatiev. Ignatiev says the goal is to, quote, abolish the white race. Um, in any other context, this would be interpreted as a near genocidal slur. I don't buy into it. The reason I'm not going to answer your question is I reject that categorization. I think of myself as an individual human being uh, with my own capabilities. And I would hope that we could both judge each other as individuals. Uh, and uh, come to common values on that basis. Bravo, Chris Rufo. You've got a fan in Dave Rubin. Who, who is the racist in that conversation? Who is trying to racialize everything and who's trying to de-racialize everything? As Rufo repeatedly points out, he wants people to be treated as individuals. So he doesn't even buy into the argument. But Mark Lamont Hill is playing a very dangerous game right there, implying that if you are for things like working hard in essence. And if you are, uh, you know, you're willing to be on time and all of the things that Rufo has talked about that are baked into critical race theory, that these are somehow white supremacist ideas. So he's telling him, well, tell me something good about being white, except Chris is saying these, these things are not about being white. They're about being a decent human being. These are the things that bring us all together that make humanity flourish and everything else. So there's one person racializing and then one person deracializing. And yet if you were to listen to the mainstream narrative, they would get who's the racist backwards. Rufo followed up on Twitter and he wrote this, the solution, reject the premise of race essentialism in all its forms. Stop using crude racial labels and pejoratives to demonize individuals. Mark follows the critical race theory playbook. Lump your enemies into crude identity categories, load those categories with negative connotations, enforce a taboo against expressing positive traits, and use guilt and shame to manipulate individuals into your political cult. Don't take the bait. I love the clarity from Chris Rufo right there. They are playing a game where when, when Lamont Hill, when he says, tell me something good about being white, it's a false question. Goodness and hard work and decency and not judging people based on the color of their skin is not inherently white. These are enlightenment values. Not, they're beyond enlightenment values. These are, uh, these are values, these are, I would say, biblical values. These are values that, that the Greek philosophers taught us that had nothing to do with skin color. Now we have a movement where they're trying to make everything about skin color. So, okay, so Mark Lamont Hill on, on his, it's Black News Tonight, I've never seen the show before that, uh, that's fine. But remember, if he had called it White News Tonight, everybody would go in bananas, right? We just, we just absolutely know this. But what we've seen is that the left is the one that is racializing everything. So if you don't believe me, we've talked about this before, but the left is literally the Democrats in a completely partisan vote decided to stop schools, 
Well, you know what, I'm gonna read you the quote from Fox because this will just, it'll just get to it right there. Uh, this is from Fox News. Senate Democrats blocked an amendment to the new COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act that would have barred universities that discriminate against Asian Americans from accessing federal funding. Senators Ted Cruz from Texas and John Kennedy from Louisiana co-sponsored the unsuccessful amendment which would have banned federal funding from going to colleges and universities that discriminate against Asian American applicants when being recruited by schools or applying. I'll give you a quote from Cruz and Kennedy themselves. Despite their calls to end racism, it is clear Democrats are only paying lip service to fighting discrimination against Asian Americans and will allow targeted discrimination against them to continue at America's universities and colleges. So if you're not clear on what happened here, in a completely partisan vote, the Democrat senators decided to take out a line from this bill that was saying you cannot at universities discriminate against Asians. So it's not just that say the, the cultural elite or whatever you would consider someone like Mark Lamont Hill, the, the, these, the lefty thinkers in the internet space are being racist. It is that the Democratic Party is racist. Please, please somebody show me where the Republicans have passed a bill that has been nearly that racist. Now I know people might say, but wait a minute, what about those, those voting bills in Georgia where they didn't want people to get water on lines while they're voting? There's nothing racist about it. There's nothing racist about it. And by the way, there's nothing racist about having to have an ID. And if you think minorities can't get an ID, you're probably racist. Are you telling me the average black person can't get on a plane? I'm fairly certain they can. Can they go buy a six pack of beer? I'm fairly certain they can. And by the way, I've heard a million people on the right say this. If you could actually prove that there is some subset of people that cannot get IDs because of race or for any other reason, me, despite all my libertarian leanings, I would be for the government using some money to literally bring these people to a place where they could take a picture and get an ID. And you know, when I had Nikki Haley on, who of course is the former governor of South Carolina, she talked about how she did just that as the governor of South Carolina. They said to their, all of the citizens, they said, if you cannot get an ID for whatever reason it is, we will help you get it. They did this big program and I don't remember the exact number. We'd have to go back into the interview and check it. But basically it was like a dozen people showed up. I think it was 15, was it 15-ish? I think that's what she said, yeah, 15-ish people showed up to take advantage of this. So they racialize everything and just lie about what it is that Republicans are doing. It's, it's just extraordinary. But let's continue the third story of the day in case you don't think that the modern left is racist, which it is. Uh, they are now uh, basically stopping the Republicans uh, from passing a condemnation on anti-Semitism. By the way, when they do all these things, we condemn Asian hate, we condemn hatred of Jews, we hate, condemn hatred of black people. These things are usually just lip service, right? Like the best way you can get people to fight racism is to know, you know the basics, treat people individually, don't judge by the color of skin and all that stuff. So I'm not even defending the bill here in and of itself, but if you wanna just see how ridiculous this game is played, we've got some quotes from Blaze Media Republican senators on Tuesday introduced a resolution to condemn the recent rise in hateful violence committed against American Jews and denounce poisonous rhetoric from progressive lawmakers who have spoken out against Israel amid renewed conflict in the Middle East. It quotes, for example, Ilhan Omar calling Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu an ethno-nationalist 
on the floor of the House of Representatives, and a tweet she sent accusing Israel of war crimes. Other poisonous anti-Israel rhetoric cited includes Rashida Tlaib's declaration that Palestinian babies, children, and their parents were being massacred by Israel, and AOC's statement describing Israel as an apartheid state, and Cori Bush's tweet accusing Israel of ethnic cleansing. Further, the Republicans want the Senate to reject the biased, incomplete, and inaccurate information promulgated by the news media in the United States about Israel and the government of Israel's efforts to protect its citizens from terrorism. So basically, no Democrats are gonna vote for this because the party's become completely hysterical. And there were some tweets in the last couple days from Bernie Sanders, and I saw one from Elizabeth Warren, where they condemn anti-Semitism because you know there's been these mobs literally chasing Jews down the street in New York and in LA and other cities, uh, but they also equally condemn Islamophobia. Now put aside why the word Islamophobia, there's issues with that because uh, phobia is an irrational fear and Islam is an idea. You don't wanna be bigoted towards people, Muslim people, of course you don't wanna be bigoted towards them, but you're allowed to criticize an idea. Anti-Semitism is about hating a specific group of people, but I get it, people are sort of lost on terms and words and all that kind of stuff. The fact that they just couldn't condemn the fact that there are Jews being hunted down and they had to somehow link that to Islamophobia. Was there any incidences of, of Muslim hate, uh, You know, hate crimes against Muslim people in the last week? But for some reason, the people who find racism everywhere when hatred is against Jews, they have to link it to something else. And that's very consistent with this horrific set of ideas. Jews are a minority that have succeeded and they gotta take you down. They gotta take you down, you uppity Jews. Uh, you're just like the white people now and you're gonna get what's coming to you. In some cases, actually worse. Uh, it's, it's a really terrible set of ideas, guys. Have I not made myself clear today? I think I, think I, was, I, think I was fairly clear about how I feel today. Uh, the Democrats and the left have completely lost their mind. They are importing racism and trying to destroy the country. There's the quote of the day. Uh, guys, if you don't believe me on all of this stuff, I want you to listen to part one of my interview with Professor Glenn Lowry. It's a really wonderful, wonderful interview. Uh, part one is up on YouTube right now. He happens to be a conservative who happens to be black. And by the way, small c conservative, and we get into we get into that and what it's like to teach at Brown University, which is obviously ultra lefty uh, as someone that's an outlier, not only because of his political beliefs, but because of his skin color. So part one is up on YouTube right now. And part, uh, the full episode is up already five days early at rubenreport.locals.com, absolutely ad free. My full interview with Steven Crowder, who's suing YouTube, hallelujah is coming up this afternoon on, on YouTube, and it, that also is up at rubenreport.locals.com already. Uh, and then Friday, we are back to a panel show with a news recap. Uh, we have Alex Marlowe from Breitbart News. I've been on his show a couple of times, and he just wrote a, a really interesting book. I've got it here, just sort of destroying all the media myths that I'm often talking about. Uh, we have Liz Wheeler, who formerly of OAN, who has now gone independent, and we're working on the, and she has a new podcast out, and she's on Locals, I believe it's lo, uh, lizwheeler.locals.com, uh, and then we're confirming the third guest, so that, that'll be a surprise. Um, anyway, I hope that on this particular show, I gave you a little bit of information so that maybe my challenge to you can be engage again. Like, let's start engaging again. Oh. And I meant to tell you at the top of the show. So last night I went to a friend's birthday party and people often say to me, Dave, why do you still live in LA? And I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. The taxes, 
the crime, the homelessness, the drug use, all of that stuff. You know, like I get all that and I'm trying to decide what I want to do and everything else. But I went to a party last night at a friend's house and Coolio performed and Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray performed. And I took a picture with Coolio. We should have, we should have posted it. I posted it uh, on Locals. Um, but it's like, these are the kind of cool things that can happen in LA. And you're not gonna believe this, guys. There were black people there, there were white people there. Everybody behaved. So there you go. Oh, so my point is I went to this party and it's like, go out there and see people. Don't do all these conversations online. It was so refreshing last night. I don't know, about 100 people there to just like chat with people again and not wear masks and smile again and agree again. And actually at the table that I was sitting at at the dinner table, it got a little bit political and people didn't, some of the people at the table didn't know who I was, so they didn't know what I thought. And there were clearly people who uh, disagreed with what I believe and it was fine and nobody really cared and everyone actually went out of their way to not be yelling at each other. Like, let's start re-engaging people. I think part of the problem is we're always responding, right? Like some idiotic thing happens in the morning, some new moronic idea comes out of the left and we just respond to it all day long. Well, how about, how about we start re-engaging? We start bringing the fight to them. We start doing what Chris Rufo is doing, doing what I'm trying to do around here and show people, no, we're not the racists and here's why. And here's how we can fix this stuff in America, because otherwise we're just gonna go, we're just gonna continue on the slow descent into Marxist woke hell. And that is what people like Mark Lamont Hill want us to do. They want us, this is what they want. And this is what the modern Democrats want. They want us to racialize everything to the point that you will hate your neighbors. You will hate your neighbors, you will hate the people at your local store, you will hate the people at the movie theater if they ever open up again, because you will be looking at everybody thinking you know what they think because of their skin color. And that's the racism that I thought we had got rid of in America, and in most cases I think we have, except for these hysterical children and the corporations that are propping them up. So we got a fight, I'm in the mood for a fight, let's have a fight, it's all good, see you tomorrow, adios, goodbye. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.